cue fake podcast music. Da 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 da. Da da. Ooh, that was soft today. Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around your from around your world. Oh, because my have, world is good. I know, right? Your hosts are Allie and Jen. All right. Uh, just to let you know what I'm doing today is I have just basic random articles, different things like basic Michigan mayhem. Different articles. That's sweet. What you got going? I'm going to talk about the Frankenstein body that was found at the chop shop. And then I have an update on the Roden family murders that you, we did in February. What order do you want to go? Do you want to go first? You want me? You to know go? what? Let me go first. Go ahead. It'll be my pleasure. Oh my good. Okay. Oh, and I'm going to round it off with the Sleeping Bear Dunes review, which somebody apparently doesn't know that when you go to a national park, you're outside. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So, the Frankenstein body found in the chop shop. I want to say that you, when you said it to me, I answered, uh-huh, like I knew what was going on, but I actually never heard of this. It's interesting. It's an old case. Okay. Started back in being, started back in 2007. I believe um, it was 2012 when the FBI started to investigate okay. this company. And it actually, the investigation started in Michigan. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the FBI were investigating across multiple states. The Biological Research Center, who were allegedly involved in illegal trafficking of human body parts. So the Biological Resource Center is where you donate your body to science. Yeah. And Which so is the, what my husband wants to do when he dies. Oh, well, this is great. Yeah. So you donate it through this company, uh-huh. and then they give your body to different places for science. Yeah, like the body farm or different schools or something. Okay. Yeah. So in the Arizona Body Donation Center, they found a woman's head sewn onto a male torso hanging on the wall of the facility. Okay, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. They... they and they had buckets of body parts, you know, severed heads. Are you penises, kidding me? No, blood all over the place. Like, they just chopped them up. Oh, my gosh. So families were told that their family members' bodies would be used for science. Instead, they were sold to a middleman for money. So they even the company even had a price list of how much each body part costs. Like a leg is ten bucks and an arm is yeah, five or a something. S- spinal cord was like nine fifty, and I think it was the leg that was like two thousand five hundred. Dang! Mm-hmm. So there's some money to be made. Oh yeah. Okay. Even though I felt like I'd want somebody to pay a little bit more for my body parts. Would you? Yeah. Well, normally you have to pay to get buried, so getting money is, I think, like a total benefit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the misconduct started back in 2007, and it wasn't until 2015 when the families were contacted and told that the deceased family members' bodies weren't donated to science, but instead dismembered and parts were shipped overseas. And now, you know, the families are questioning even if the ashes that because they were oh. you would receive that you ultimately receive your husband's ashes with a letter that said his body parts were donated to science and that's the leftover 
Oh my god! Yeah, so people are questioning, is like that my mother in the box? Right that could there? be like ashes from somebody's fireplace for all you know. I know, right? So, in 2015, the owner, Stefan Gore, was charged and pled guilty to the illegal trafficking and selling of the body parts. He was sentenced to only four years probation and $121,000 in restitution. Oh, jeez. Now, this is back in the news. Okay. So I've been seeing it on my news feed. Okay, I didn't. Uh, this is amazing to me. I never knew that people had sewn other people's body parts together. And hung them on the wall. And then hung them for display. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's kind of, yep. Yeah. And it had, it had to smell bad. <laughs> it had to smell like assholes on fire. Yeah, you had to be a special someone. Oh, God, I mean, it could gag a maggot, man. That's probably where murderers and serial killers get the, the Get the good whiff or the good to decay or whatever. <laughs> so, again, it's in the news now, in 2019, because the family members who donated bodies to the company have filed a civil suit against Stephen Gore. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we'll see how that I wonder if anybody... Out. But um, I doubt he's paying anything. Well, let me know if anybody had the ashes tested and you find out that it's like, I don't Can know. Can you have ashes tested? Uh-huh. Because they've actually found... So I was listening... To, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And a few of them are true crime. I was listening to this true crime podcast where they were talking about um, this unknown victim had been cremated. But they said, you know, you don't burn all the way down to completely ashes. Sometimes you can find little chunks of teeth or bone. And they're wondering if they could have those looked into for the missing woman. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, they, you could tell like whether or not that came from a person or wood or maybe a dog <laughs> or a cat because they wouldn't got ashes from a, you know, a, a vet. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So my, you want me to go on? Go ahead. Do my last one, and then you can have at it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what's going on in Michigan. So update on the Roden family murders. Now wait, re remind me. This is the the Roden family are the one where they believe that one family went to multiple houses to slaughter other family members, killed them in the middle of the night. Another and family. Another a different family. Yeah, one family kills different in different houses, different members of a different family. In the end, it, we believed it was custody. Someone was trying to get custody of a child. Yeah, this was, yeah. And okay, there was that. eight of the family members that got murdered. Eight were, oh, I forgot that part. Yeah, eight were murdered, and it happened in 2016 in Pike County. Oh, oh, and that's the one we're leaving the grandmas are were yep. in on it. Okay, I'm ready. Yep, so the grandmas were charged with um, obstruction and perjury. Yes. And they got ankle bracelets, and they're the only, on house arrest. The other, um, the mom and the dad and the two sons are in jail. Okay. Waiting trial. Okay. So, one of the grandmothers, the Frederica Wagner, was charged with the obstruction and perjury charges at the time of arrest of the family. Okay. Mom, dad, and the sons. And she's no longer being charged in the case. The court cases for the Wagners um, are still ongoing. I guess they found some more evidence. And that should have started to begin on July 29th. Their trial? Yep, their trial. So one grandma's found innocent. Yep, innocent. Okay. So now we got one more grandma. Yeah. And then the mom, the dad, and the two brothers. Okay. 
And more evidence were found against the mom, the dad, and the two brothers. Yeah. Okay. And the trial was supposed to start July 29th. Okay. But they're saying that it, it may not because the pro- prosecutors do not believe they will be ready with the new information being investigated. And, you know, they have to give them so, so turn it over. Time. Yeah. Yeah. To give them enough time to. Both look parties to look it. at the yeah. evidence. Okay. That makes sense. So, but that's moving. Okay. I thought we were going to start the trial. I've had it on my calendar. No, to, to do the follow-up? This, yeah. That's awesome. I actually have a follow-up for you now. I literally cannot remember what it was, but about 30 minutes before we arrived here, I saved an article. Oh, your, De- your Detroit serial killer has a follow-up. I saved an article for you uh, on the way here. So I, I did look that up last night. Yeah? I didn't see one, so it'll be interesting. Oh, good. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to Because I thought you. to myself... I haven't seen anything come in my news feed about that. Oh, I just had it pop up this morning. Oh, and weirdly enough, I had no Frankenbodies turn up. I don't know how. Because, okay. I mean, that's all over. Yes. Well, for my articles, I did a lot of time on Michigan. And, of course, you, th- you look Michigan up and Great Lakes comes up, right? Mm-hmm. Well, once Google's algorithm figures out I'm looking up Michigan and Great Lakes stuff, it constantly is telling me about people drowning or coming into danger in the Great Lakes. Like a 14-year-old just drowned. A toddler on a ducky floaty was with his parents, mm-hmm. and the wind blew him out to the lake. His parents tried to go get him. A riptide pulls the dad out. Boaters see what's ha- see a little 2-year-old on a floaty in the middle of the Great Lakes. Boaters come by, pick up the baby, save the dad who's now drowning in the riptide. <laughs> I know. And this I was just like, please, Google, stop showing me like drowning and people in danger in the Great Lakes. It's... It's disturbing. Yeah, well, I'm not vacationing over there anymore. Okay. I am, but right now, the I'm water's... Not put, I'm not putting my feet in that water. The, the water's really high right now, and I guess that's making it super dangerous. But that's actually a few of the things I'm going to talk about. That's okay. how Google's on to me now. There you go. But in 2011, Good Morning America listed Sleeping Bear Dunes, Michigan, as the most beautiful place in America. And the dunes are part of a national park... And they're in northwest Michigan. So you know how if you look at the back of your left hand, if you put your hand out, mm-hmm. it looks like Michigan. The dunes would be at the tip of your ring finger is where the, the Sleeping Bear Dunes are. So as a national park, they're trying to make the land more accessible to all who come. So starting this year, the park resources have added manual all-terrain wheelchairs as an offering to people who may have physical issues with walking. Currently, they have a wheelchair for both adults and children. The chairs are equipped with wide wheels with large knobs that help them not sink in the sand while going forward. I was going to say, I've been there. Yep, but now that Google's on to me, Google's also let me know that it now... Okay, so if you go down the dune and you don't... And you maybe you get hurt on the way down because it's a huge... Mm-hmm. They're huge sand dunes, people. Yeah. These aren't little three-foot, four-foot sand dunes. They're huge. If you get hurt or if you're down there and you, or for some reason, aren't able to come back up... It now costs two thousand dollars, a little over two thousand dollars, to rescue you. It only used to cost six hundred, but now that the water levels are higher, they can't take out the ATVs to get you anymore. They have to do more to come and get oh, you. Oh, so if you don't have two two grand, you just die. Um, no, this is Michigan. They'll pull you up by law. They can't leave you in a medical and emergency, okay. but you're gonna pay for the rest of your life. It's like if you ever get into an ambulance in Michigan, you might as well just give them your open bank account and be like, you could just have my next seventeen paychecks. <laughs> I'm going to be homeless after this. Oh. Yeah. It is a really pretty place. Yeah, it really is. Um, so here in Michigan, we had the U.S.'s third largest fentanyl bust. In 2018, at a Walmart in Novi, cops watched a man buy 600 grams of fentanyl. The drugs were transported in a PlayStation box. So the police tried to use the serial number on the box to track the owner, 
but it led to a false name. They were able to get a subpoena to check where the serial number was that was attached to the internet. So they find the PlayStation, it was bought by somebody with a fake name, but they still have the serial number on the PlayStation, so they get a subpoena and, able, and are able to track the, attract the serial number to an IP address. You uh, cannot hide anymore. You cannot. The police were then directed to a nearby Novi condo. When the condo was raided, the agents found 10 kilos of pure fentanyl, along with 22 kilos of fentanyl mixed with heroin, making it the third largest seizure of the drug in U.S. history. This uh, triggered a drug probe across the state, and that led to multiple arrests and seizures of more kilos of fentanyl in other states like Indiana, California, and Maryland. What's fentanyl? Isay drug. Yeah, but what does it do to you? Uh, they mix it with heroin. I Well, I can't tell you exactly. I don't take fentanyl. <laughs> I've never taken fentanyl, but uh, it's like heroin. It alters your mind state. Oh, okay. Yeah. So another one is uh, the brown-headed cowbird. I know this sounds crazy, but... So I saw these birds while I was on break. You know, I set out in my car, and I was just like, what the hell? So the brown-headed cowbird is a bird that's all black, but it has a dark brown head. And this species of cowbird often flocks with other blackbirds. And that's what actually made me look it up. I was like, oh, look at those blackbirds. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, half of those motherfuckers aren't all black. They have, like, a really dark brown head. And then I thought, maybe I'm just seeing things. So I did look it up. So it's considered a nuisance bird. It is, it's called a broad parasite. So they don't make their own nests. They lay their eggs in the nests of other birds. And birds like the yellow warbler recognize that a cowbird egg isn't their own, but the yellow warblers are too small to get the egg out of their, the foreign egg out of their nest. So what they do is they build a uh, new nest over the old one and try to smother the egg. And they hope that the cowbird doesn't come back and lay another one because at that point they won't have enough time to lay their own eggs so that their birds, their own birds can hatch. Wow, they're assholes. They are complete assholes. There are larger species of birds that throw out the cowbird's egg at the nest. They recognize that it's a cowbird's egg and, and will throw it out of their nest to try to kill the egg. And then there's birds that don't even recognize that's not their own egg. And that's a problem because the cow-headed brown, um, brown-headed cowbird eggs mature faster than other eggs. So they hatch first and they grow larger than the rest of the hatchlings. And the cowbirds will sometimes toss the other eggs out of the nest once they hatch, or they'll try to smother them so that the other birds aren't born and they can get all the food. And environmentalists are worried about the decrease in songbirds, Michigan, due to the rise of the brown-headed cowbirds. So it's an invasive species. Wow. Yeah, so I was just like, I wonder what that thing is. And I'm like, oh, it's an asshole. It's an asshole that <laughs> hangs out with other blackbirds. So I'm going to tell you about more assholes. Um, there's six priests that were charged with abuse in Michigan, sexual abuse. During an investigation of Catholic priests, six Michigan priests were charged with sexual abuse. Michigan's Attorney General, Dana Nessel, estimates that there are up to 1,000 victims. Dana believes that this is just the start and more to be uncovered. Okay, so Timothy Michael Crowley, a 69-year-old Lansing diocese, had served at the St. Thomas Rectory in Ann Arbor. Timothy was charged with eight felony counts of criminal sexual misconduct. Neil Kalina, a 63-year-old Archdiocese of Detroit, was arrested in California. He was charged with four felony counts of criminal sexual conduct. Vincent DeLorenzo, who is smiling in his mugshot, was an 80-year-old Lansing Diocese. He was charged with three counts and arrested in Florida. Patrick Casey, a 55-year-old archdiocese in Detroit, was arrested in Oak Park, Michigan, and charged with three counts. He served in nine different parishes in Michigan. Joseph Vellian, a Kalamazoo diocese, 
who was 84 years old, is going to be extradited from India to Michigan to face his two charges of criminal sexual conduct. And Joseph H. Baker, a 57-year-old Archdiocese of Detroit, has one count of first-degree criminal sexual conduct, penetration with a person under the age of 13. A seventh priest, Lawrence Ventline, an Archdiocese of Detroit, has had his education license suspended, and Michigan's attorney general has filed a complaint against him. So they did a sweep of Catholic priests and caught like seven. Wow. Six were already charged, the seventh is about to be. Hmm. So this next one is Canadian wildfires. In July of 2019, Michigan skies were looking hazy, even though we didn't have any clouds. This was due to wildfires in Canada. The smoke covered the entire state of Michigan, plus Wisconsin. The fire, which is burning across the province of Alberta, was almost the size of the state of Rhode Island and is 50% larger than the fire that burned through California this year. Wow. Yes, it is believed that the fires are growing so large due to the weather being warmer and drier than it has been in recent history. So this one, there's an unusual creature that was caught on tape, and I'm going to suggest people look at our show notes. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, you have to click on this link. Now, this was sent to me from my cousin John, who lives in Toronto. And I feel like I have two cousin Johns that live in, you know, Yanni, that live in... Canada. They are very, 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 very different men. So I want to emphasize that Cousin John from Toronto is the one that sent me this. So the article came out on July 2nd of 2019 that includes a video. There was a man in Michigan who was watching a webcam which was pointed towards Lake Michigan. There was a storm and the water was churning under 40 mile per hour winds. And all of a sudden you see a long, thick, black shape that's being battered around by the winds and waves. It, it looks huge. And the water pushes it up onto the pier and then across the pier and into the water again. I mean, that's how strong the waves were. And it's been fun reading the comments speculating about what it was that was in the water. It's been named the Lakeness Monster. I thought that was cute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My personal theory is that it's a lake sturgeon. Um, female sturgeon can live up to 150 years, weigh up to 300 pounds and grow 8 feet long. So I, I'm putting the video in the show notes. I encourage people to look at it and try, try to see what it is. I'm hoping it's a sturgeon. <laughs> Straight up. So with the rising water levels, we have electric shock drowning. So water levels in Michigan's lakes in 2019 are higher than average. Michigan's DNR, which is the Department of Natural Resources, has increased patrols in southeast Michigan. There's an increased chance of electric shock drowning. So piers and decks that are normally well above the lake are now submerged. And these structures have also have electrical connections. Some people have lights on their dock. Yeah. So being shocked while in the water causes a loss of muscle control and an, an inability to move your limbs, which leads to drowning. And according to the DNR, if you see this scenario happen, throw them a fl flotation device, call for help, but don't get in the water. Because the moment you get in the water, you're also being shocked and you will drown as well. So there are homeowners who are raising their docks, and there are some people that are just abandoning them below the, the water. Well, why... If I had a dock mm -hmm. with lights on it, mm -hmm. I would kill the power to it. Yeah, not everybody is. Apparently, oh, that's a thing. Jerks. Yep. So, we also have high water levels in the Great Lakes and the Detroit River. So, with water, uh, with the higher lake levels, boaters have begun to disregard the no-wake zone warnings. And this has made it dangerous for people trying to swim in the area. So, I guess there's a warning now in the Detroit River where they're telling people, don't get out of your boat to swim. People are going by too fast and you can get hit because they're, they're not observing the no-wake zone. And this is, uh, the high water is also called beaches to disappear. So the high water is pulling sand away from some beaches and depositing it in other areas of the lake. Homeowners, homeowners are having to protect their property line by using heavy equipment to move soil around. 
Detroit has had to create sandbag walls around the canal district, and part of Belle Isle's shoreline road is, is flooded. Because you know how you can drive around Belle Isle? Yeah. Part of the shoreline is flooded, part of uh -huh. that road. So Miss World Michigan 2019, Kathy Zhu was named Miss World Michigan 2019 and served under the title for one day. The day that um, after she won the crown, Kathy lost it due to what was considered insensitive and racial tweets. Her tweets were insulting the people of Muslim religion and black people. For example, in regard to black on black crime, Kathy tweeted, quote, fix your problems in your own community first before blaming others, end quote. Kathy was not apologetic. She said the organization was aware that she was a conservative Republican before she won the crown, and her tweets have always been available for someone to view. So, not sorry. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to give it to her that yeah. they were always available. Yeah, well, she wasn't the... I guess once you become the pageant winner, they start looking at your stuff, but when you're just a runner-up, they don't look at all, all the people's stuffs. You know, all the 50 girls, you know, feeds. So we have airless tires being tested in Michigan. Uh, automaker GM is about to begin testing their airless puncture-proof tires on Michigan roads using a fleet of Chevrolet boats. I wrote, that's trial by fire. Well, we like, you really want to test the shit out of those, don't you? Because it'll break a rim here. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't need to be... It's not puncture. It's can it survive a manhole, mm -hmm. pothole right? in the middle of the freaking road. Like a, an actual ravine across the road. Yeah. Yeah. So the new tire is being called the Uptis Prototype, which is short for Unique Puncture Proof Tire System. And according to the company, the tires last longer and use less raw materials, making them better for the environment. The tires could be available for purchase by 2024. And for my last one, are you ready? I'll start saving now for those new tires. Okay, do you know, have you, do you eat cream of wheat? Yeah, I used to. Okay. I don't anymore. Okay, so I used to love cream of wheat. Yeah. And just side note. Yeah. Is my mom can make it the best cream of wheat. And then I moved out and I'm like, I want cream of wheat. That shit didn't taste like my mom's cream. I, I put sugar, brown sugar, I put everything <laughs> known to man in that shit. It was disgusting. You ever figure out her trick? No. Yeah. So the cream of so cream of wheat is a hot cereal that comes in a red box and that has a picture of a smiling chef at the top. Frank L. White, who died in 1938, is to believe is believed to be the model for the chef's picture. Frank spent the last 20 years of his life in Leslie, Michigan, and was buried in a cemetery in Leslie. However, Frank did not have a tombstone. In July of 2007, Jesse Lasorda, a family researcher in Lansing, had completed a campaign to provide one. The uh, granite gravestone was placed at his burial site that included his name and a rendering of the man depicted on the cream of wheat box. So, just as like a little side note. The chef on the box was photographed in 1900 and was uncredited. And Frank, who was a chef that often traveled, claimed that the picture was of him and that's how he was credited. And it does look like him. It does look like him. Yeah. So he was like, that was me, but they didn't, he's black, they didn't credit him, it was 1900. Wow. Yeah, so I that's now, nice. yep, for my palate, the mental palate cleanser, I have the review of Sleeping Bear Dunes. And we did already talk about them a little bit, so I thought, let's just give the full review. I have a, a shitty review and a nice review and it tells you how different people approach the same park. Okay. So these were TripAdvisor reviews. This first one is from September 1st of 2016 and it comes from Siobhan, um, I'm sorry, Siobhan DM from Cleveland, Ohio. This is how Cleveland, Ohio, it's called Sleeping Bear Dunes of Death. Of death. <laughs> oh my God. 
I've been living in Northwest Michigan for 24 years. I grew up every summer at Interlochen and attended the Interlochen Arts Academy. It has been a family venture every year and my father used to live in the area as well. How pathetic is it that a national federal park squeezes $15 from visitors? Exclamation point. But let me just say, it does cost $15 to go into the park, but it like costs $75 to go to the Grand Canyon, so I hope that Siobhan never goes to the Grand Canyon because it is like three times the amount. Okay, so stay settled, friend. <laughs> People come to see the dunes and use the bathroom. That does not require $15. The tax money is obviously not being used wisely. It is sadly a blue state. Go figure. I was stunned and insulted. I know, right? They even go into politics. This person's pissed about a sand dune, okay? I was stunned and insulted that this fat, entitled woman, which always pisses me off when people wow. go after fatness, like, fuck you, that's low. I bet you're fat. <laughs> Taking our, my boyfriend and I, money at the entrance told us that the money was used to help keep the parks in the UP uh, keep clean. Since when does nature need money to maintain itself? Oh. That last sentence is in all caps. Let me tell you, when humans are involved, shit needs to be maintained because we're garbagey, we're nasty, we're litter bugs. Yeah. Things need to be maintained. We're assholes. Okay? So to keep going, it says, if there had been a place to turn around, we would have. But the drive was almost seven hours, and we were in front of many annoying tourists from around the country. Not only this, but signs have been removed for letting people know the distance to Lake Michigan. It's not true. They're there. Maybe she just didn't see them. It is dangerous (laughs) It is dangerous climbing in this heat. But our ticket was good for six days. Such a good deal for climbing on sand. Oh, God. Like, you dumbass, you know it's sand dunes when you got there, right? I mean, it's called the Sleeping Bear Dunes. (laughs) So The pamphlet we were given was hardly any help. As we neared heat exhaustion, we gave up and barely made it back to our car. It was over 90 degrees around 9.30 a.m. And I am so glad I brought water. I'm like, you have a weather app, right? (laughs) You're aware that... Nobody controls how hot it gets outside. <laughs> no, it right? should be part of the $15. <laughs> they should control the weather. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it says, we had no warning and no reliable information about the soul-sucking doom climb. <laughs> doom climb. <laughs> Stay calm. It's a doom, dude. More like the death climb. And then this is, of course, all caps. Worst Northern Michigan experience of my life. (laughs) Thank you for making an absolutely magnificent park into a death heat money trap for visitors, Michigan. What a shame and disappointment. (laughs) It's like you weren't aware that you're going to the dooms and it's out dunes and I keep saying dooms. Like (laughs) the dunes and it's outside and it's a dune. (laughs) And it's hard to walk in sand. Yes. So there were five poor reviews of Sleeping Bear Dunes. One person complained about the dunes not being in one single area. <laughs> They're like, the dunes are all over the place. There's not in one area. Yeah, that's how nature is, motherfucker. That's oh. how it works, right? So the review that I just read, a person that was thwarted by fog and got mad. <laughs> and another saying that there were too many tourists. And one complained about GPS and traffic. Hmm. So those were the five bad reviews of Sleeping Bear Dunes. I will say, yeah. um, I've been there. Yeah. I haven't been to the park. Okay. Because you don't actually have to go into the park to get to the all of the dunes. It was Easter a few years ago. It was late at night, and I just decided going on a road trip. Yeah. I packed that car, two of my friends, and we drove up. And the drive was horrible. Yeah. Because there's deer. So oh, yeah. it's at night, and you just see these eyeballs on the side of the road. I'm just waiting for a deer to jump out. Right. And us to hit it. 
But I did see the biggest statue of a cow I had ever seen in my life. Nice. I took a picture of it. I went like, to Sleeping Bear Dunes when I was a kid, and it was like a really bad windstorm. It was like 30 mile per hour winds, and I don't remember complaining. I just remember going out on the dunes. And you have to go down. And we didn't actually go to the park either. We just were in the area. Yeah, but when you're in the park, you start, I think you're at the top of the dune. Yes. And she had to go down the dune. Yeah. So common sense climb- would tell you you'd have to climb up the dune. Yes. So I'm just saying. So the next one is from, um, it's a it's an excellent review. It's from Tarek, who's from Columbus, Ohio. Since we already shat on Cleveland, Ohio, I figured let's use a good example, Columbus, Ohio. Here's a reasonable, reasonable human being. And the review was from July of 2019. Oh my God, what a beauty we have here in as a country and in the Midwest. The National Lakeshore is beautiful beyond belief, and we are so lucky to have a clear day. This is a national park, so there's an entry fee upon, upon entering. Thank you. <laughs> um, there's a guide of 12 points along the scenic tour that are very interesting, but honestly, what is the best part of the scenic was the scenic drive and the view of Lake Michigan. Wow. Also, there is a climb within the park. I think it's fair to tell you that it's tough if you're only moderately fit. The pitch of the dunes are a beast. Yes. That's it. That's how you actually act reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. If you're wondering how do people act, that's how. So, you've been listening to Michigan and Other Mayhem with Allie. And Jen. Connect with us at michiganandothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.